We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. It is now week 10 of the NFL season, believe it or not. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, if you could please rate and review the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. It does go a long way towards helping people find the podcast. Uh, interesting, interesting slate we got at week 10. We've got a potentially quote-unquote free square running back. We've got a uh, quarterback that's cheap that uh, everybody's going to be interested in due to the matchup, depending on uh, if you want to drop down that low. But before we really get into it, Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I think this is the week that if you built blindly, you would end up where you should end up. And it's going to be our own like personal biases that push us away from the obvious play. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting week, especially when we get to running back. We'll uh, we'll hit there. But uh, we've got uh, what do we have. We have uh, 11 games on the slate uh, off the slate. We had the Colts and Titans last night, which is really good for me because I'm not tempted to play Jonathan Taylor ever again. So that uh, it helps. T.Y.'s. He, uh, or T.Y. Uh, Taylor was especially awful last night. So there was uh, there was that. He pretty, he, much started, he pretty much started and then never came back in again. <laughs> it was so weird because like um, – so I wrote the game up and it's like it's very clear that they're going to let him start and just be like show us that you're good enough. Yep. And it seemed like he was heading in that direction and then 
not, not and so then much. Naheem Hines makes like two plays. You're like, oh, he looks really good. And then all of a sudden, so yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got Ravens, Patriots, and Vikings, Bears, Sunday night, Monday night. Both really low scoring games, at least with the Vegas total, 43 and 44. So, um, you know, not big, uh, not big fantasy games are missing there. Um, the, the part we missed fantasy wise is actually in the bye weeks. We've got the we have the Falcons with their lack of defense. We have the Cowboys with their lack of defense. We have the Chiefs with their insanely good offense. There's like three teams that like we either target them or target teams against them. And then we have uh, we have your Jets also on bye, which is uh, probably makes a good Sunday in the in the Laird household, I imagine. Can't lose. Can't lose. It's beautiful. Um, high totals. We've got uh, we got three games just over fifty. We got. Uh, Jaguars, Packers, Buccaneers, Panthers, Broncos, Raiders, and then we've got two uh, two crazy high games. We'll call them some carnival games this week. We got two games people are going to really be targeting. Uh, we got the Bills at the Cardinals, uh, fifty six there, and then Seahawks, Rams, fifty five and a half. Um, Seattle games are averaging sixty four point nine points per game on the air. It's insane. <laughs> like we had the game last week. Like I don't know, you know, Bills, Seahawks going to be the big game uh, targets and end up forty one twenty seven or where it was. I mean. Uh, the Seahawks defense uh, delivers all the time unless they're playing Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they then they shut it down. He was hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. But uh, yeah, Nick Mullins, I guess, came back in the game. But yeah, Seattle defense is uh, really, really, really rough right now. Josh Allen sliced through them, and like midway through the first quarter, I was like, why didn't I just play Josh Allen every lineup? Like this was so obvious in my face. But uh, uh, quarterbacks, it's again this week. We've got a lot of good options and a cheap option. Uh, low totals. We've got uh, pretty much the NFC East is what it comes down to here. We've got uh, Eagles, Giants, 44 and a half. Uh, we have the Washington football team. I did not mess it up like I did last week. At the Lions, 45 and a half. So some games that uh, with all the high totals, you know, maybe staying away from those games uh, aside from maybe a play or two here and there. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting overall slate. Usually we have maybe that one big, uh, you know, 55-point game. Having two this week certainly makes it interesting. Um, yeah, it's weird because I feel like they're – like if you can convince yourself that that those games actually might have a lot of fantasy points in them, just not touchdowns, yeah. then like because there are guys in that in those games that we have played multiple times this season, and they're fairly cheap because there are not many points expected to be scored. But again, from like a floor perspective, that's generally how I look for my, for cash games. Like I think there are a decent number of cash game plays in those low total games. It's just you have to you know, weigh those against the ones that are just so high. Uh, obviously right. you're gonna have to pay a little bit, but like, do I take the, the top wide receiver from a game with a 44 point total, or do I take the third wide receiver from a yep. game with a 54 point total? So, and I mean, just decisions you got to make. Third wide receiver, 55 point total. That sounds pretty interesting already. I'm uh, I'm all in that. I got, I like the, I like the cheap receivers there. We're, uh, I mean, there's one that jumps out. It's just a matter of whether, um, and we'll get there, but I think there's one that yeah. I think a lot of people will go to. Yeah, interesting. I've got, I got, uh, I think three under four thousand. I found interesting, so uh, we will get there. But let's start with running backs. We kind of have to start. Uh, I'm going to change up a little bit. I told you when we, before we start. I'm going to start at the bottom real quick. Um, Mike Davis is four thousand dollars on DraftKings. Uh, min price for a running back. Christian McCaffrey's not going to play. Um, I'm not sure why they jumped Davis quite so far down this quickly. You know, obviously McCaffrey came back last week, was was fully healthy and had a really big game and looked really good, but hurt himself on the last drive, shoulder injury. Um, Mike Davis was really good right away when when he we took him from McCaffrey. A little bit less so the last three games. He had 55, 37, and 77 yards in the three most recent games. Curtis Samuel kind of taking over a little bit with a few of those run, rushing plays, um, some of the shorter uh, shorter passes. So Davis was not quite as effective as last three games, but at 4,000. 
thousand. He's facing Tampa Bay. They're the best run D in the NFL, 2.7 yards per carry against the run. Um, but with Davis, obviously, you're hoping to get a bunch of targets in a, D, in a DK kind of PPR setting. Not the best setup for Davis. Uh, at the percentage, at $4,000, does any of that even matter? Or are you just going to play him no matter what? Uh, I mean, it's Friday morning, so uh, right. things always can change. But, like, uh, you just don't often get someone that cheap with the expected role. And obviously the matchup's about as bad as it gets. Um, he does make up for it in the passing game, like you said, so that that certainly helps. Um, it's just odd. It just felt like there were more guys priced, like min priced at 4,000 this week than ever. Um, but it, there are very few backups that are priced near their uh, starting counterpart. Not that they always should be, but this one just feels like a mistake. And so... Uh, at 4000 for a guy who could get 15 touches kind of conservatively, right? Like, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just going to be one of the most popular players on the slate, certainly in cash games, because a $4,000 starting running back really opens things up. I think he's like 80% in cash games. <laughs> I mean, he I, think he's, I think he's like massive, like cash games, people start that and then, and then play the other eight guys. I just think it's going to be so huge. And people, every, like the second McCaffrey got hurt, everybody looked like, oh my God, Mike Davis is 4,000. I think he's just in everybody's lineup and just kind of move from there. Yeah, it just, um, the odd thing about it is that for GPPs, he, like, I don't think you actually fade him because he'll be popular. Uh, I think you fade him because I just don't think the points are there. Like, it's, it's one of those weird things that like, um, taking a $4,000 running back um, for uh, in a GPP setting where you're looking for upside, like you should spend the 4000 on a wide receiver who can make a big play, um, you know, on one one big play and like right. literally outscore Davis's entire game. So it's, it's going to be one of those players who's like, who should be at least hugely different between cash games and, and GPPs just because we're, you know, just fundamentally how you play those games. You pl- go for floor for the cash games and like he should have a floor based on the touches right but his ceiling is really limited and like you against that defense and so like why would you pl- go in that direction for gpps yeah i mean i think you go in that direction because you play him as your second running back and maybe take a, a fourth wide receiver right. in the flex you could do it that way but i, I think he'd be massively popular in gpps too i think that's uh i think you're looking at like a 60 percent kind of guy oh. in, in some of the bigger gpps i think he's going to be be way way up there so but let's jump back up to the top i just thought it was worth talking about davis because he's so obvious and in, in everybody's face uh, all week so I, I wanted to you know and obviously how you build your lineup depends a lot on whether you have that four thousand dollar slot there but let's jump back up to the top uh we got running backs we got a couple at the top here nobody's super super high but alvin Kamara's 8200 home against the 49ers aaron jones uh home against jacksonville 7100 um those appear to be the kind of the top two guys that are on the slate this week um obviously there's a price difference of 1100 bucks um how are you feeling about these two guys coming into week 10 um before i quickly go to that i wanted to note because sure. somebody noted it in our discord um uh, mike davis is 6700 on the thursday through monday slate wow um which so they must put those. They must put those pricing out. Later. That came out after the McCaffrey news, yeah. So it's like right. that just shows you like just how where he probably would have been priced had exactly it come yeah. in. But anyway, um, I think yeah, I think Kamara and Jones are where everyone's going to go. The the only thing that holds Jones back is that is how much of the Packers you want to play um, because if you want to play Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams, like right. also playing Jones uh, means they they really have to destroy Jacksonville. Uh, they're supposed to. So <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily right. like something that you have to avoid. But I think that's like what 
will make some people go, at least in cash games, go to Kamara because um, if you're going to play Rodgers or you're going to play uh, Adams, it's you know the floors are probably there to get all three of them. If you really want, it's just expensive. Um, but if you want to diversify a little bit, then Kamara is kind of the easy pivot away from Jones. Uh, I guess it's not that easy. He's, he's $1,100 more, but... Um, but then you're not so locked into the Packers in case they throw up one of those games like they did against the Bucks, who are, of course, better than Jacksonville. But, you know, you never just the variance. You never know what, when that bad game comes. And if it comes when you have three of them in your lineup, uh, you're pretty much dead. Yeah, Kamara's interesting because he's a little bit different than most running backs. Like most running backs, you're like, if they have a 10-point lead, you know, middle of the third quarter, I love that because they just feed him the ball. He's more of a, uh, you know, they back off him a little bit. They have big lead. They tend to not, you know, rush him a ton of times, and you want the targets. I mean, the targets last week are, or last four weeks are 10, 9, 13, and 6. And if they're up, you know, 14 on the Niners, which is very possible, the Niners are beyond beat up, lost two more defensive starters this week. Um, you wonder in a fourth quarter if it's a lot of Latavius Murray. So um, I think Kamara can get whatever he wants in this game. It's just a matter of how big the workload is based on the game script. Does uh, Obviously, the six targets last week came because Michael Thomas is back. Yep. Um, he's questionable again um, after just some limited practices. Does Thomas being active affect your opinion of Kamara at all? I mean, obviously, let me rephrase that. Um, how far from great does Kamara drop because of Thomas? It's not like he becomes a bad play, but if Thomas plays, I, like, what's the difference for you? I, I'd say a little bit, though. I mean, I think that, you know, the if you're like, we need three yards in this play, you know, some, if, if Thomas is not in there, like, oh, well, let's build something for Kamara. If not, you just go to Thomas real quick. And right. um, I think it matters a little bit. I mean, Thomas eats a lot of targets where if he's not there, you've got a, guy, a lot of guys, they kind of spread it around and Kamara's the main guy. So I think a little bit. Uh, I think it's just really how the game works out. If the, the Niners are able to score a little bit and keep this a little bit back and forth, I think Kamara is going to be really, really good. I mean, there's no way the Niners can stop him uh, right now. They're just they're just too banged up on defense. Um, but with Jones, uh, you know, 20 touches off his first game of injury. There was a little bit of talk of a pitch count in that game against the Niners. Um, there was not really not. He had 20 touches, and they were using him late in the game when they were up to. So clearly he was he was fully healthy in that game. Uh, first game without a touchdown, so there was a little bit there. But uh, he's only topped 100 rushing yards once, which is kind of surprising yeah. in that one really big game. But um, he scores a lot. He's, he touches a lot. It's a game they should be leading, and he should get some carries in the second half, you know, as opposed to Kamara. I think that if they're up in this game, they'll feed Jones pretty well. Um, Jacksonville has allowed some big rushing games, 116 yards and two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, uh, Joe Mixon, 151 yards a few weeks ago, too. So um, I think I like Jones a little bit more when you take in the $1,100 price difference. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely do a lot with it. Um, it's funny, they uh, during the Titans game last night, they were showing how they were trying to make this case that Derrick Henry is like not that consistent. Um, so they were showing like his running uh, rushing totals for each week little line graph and it was like the 212 obviously just like burst off the page right but they were like but he still gets 20 carries a game so he's still making it to 65 to 80 yards and i'm like if you really want to show this one like you need to show aaron jones because like he's the one who's like as up and down as they come um which is like my only slight hesitation but i mean 20 most likely getting 20 touches in this offense like in a game they should dominate in like he makes total sense it does. I think that Jamal Williams is back this week. He's off the COVID list. I'm looking at it. They activated yeah. him uh, earlier this week. So that, that that matters a little bit. He didn't play against the Niners, and it was pretty much Aaron Jones. They had, like, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams, the guys down there. So I think that matters a little bit in terms of the, the pure touches. But I think, you know, also another, what is that, 11 days for Jones to get healthy helps a lot too. So um, I like Jones a lot in this game. And mostly – 
a lot comes down to the fact I don't I'm having trouble finding guys in kind of the mid six ranges that I like. We've got uh, we have Josh Jacobs, James Robinson, James Connor, Miles Sanders in here, um, Kareem Hunt. Although Nick Chubb had like a, a full day of individual drills, but I'm not fully sure he's going to play or not. So that that matters a lot because Hunt's matchup is really good if, if Chubb doesn't play. Um, where are you going in this range? Is there any of those names I mentioned that really jump off to you that you really really like this week? Um. Not really. I try to like convince myself on all of them. Like Jacobs, I always like because you know he's getting so many touches. Or usually Sanders. I mean that game, the Eagles. That so that game is one where like that's packed with guys that we've played like throughout this season, um, including Sanders, who just always seems to be like slightly underpriced. But right. Um, I think like obviously when we have Davis uh, and you have the ability to get like Kamara and Jones. Uh, for cash games, usually you play three. So, but in GPPs, if you're only playing two, and there's a cheaper guy that um, I think probably makes more sense than any of them, any of these guys at least. Uh, I think for from a GPP standpoint, I think you're going to find these guys not nearly on as many rosters as like they presumably should be. You're probably not playing like Robinson against the Packers uh, just because they're going to be uh, so far ahead. And Kareem Hunt is like basically on the do not play list. Um, <laughs> So there's that. Um, if, like, if Chubb was be if Chubb were to be inactive, do you take Hunt off the playoff the, the no playlist? Considering they're playing Houston, and Houston's averaging allowing 5.4 yards per carry last in the NFL. Um, do you take him off if Chubb is inactive fully? I definitely like. I think he's off my do not playlist on in cash games. Like I just okay. I think you're he's he's on your do not playlist. <laughs> he's on it right now. Okay. After the Got last it. few weeks, he is on it. Um, okay. I. Like I think I want to like I want to believe that James Conner makes sense, but there's just, just like I'm nothing. Still, I'm, left. I'm scarred from last week in that game. Yeah, so like the the way that you feel about James Conner is how I feel about Kareem Hunt. Fair. Um, and it's just like what the the difference between Hunt and Sanders, um, I just don't think is is big enough where I'm like yeah I have to play Hunt. Um, we haven't talked about Chase Edmonds, although I think part of that is that Drake. Like, it, it that game was so weird last week. Like, he had, like, 100 touches, and yet... He had 25 carries in that yeah. game. Like, if you told me Chase Hesman had 25 carries in that game, I would have played him in every lineup yeah. at every moment. I would have thought he had, like, 160 yards. Like, right. the fact that he had 70 yards, he came in averaging 6.1 yards per carry. And I don't know if it's, you know, the way he was used in, in weird third downs before and all that, but uh, you're going to give me 25 carries sitting next to Kyler Murray. I'm going to take that every time. Every Murray time. just... Murray hit all the big plays. Murray had a great, obviously a huge game, but a great rushing game too. He had over 100 yards rushing. Um, I don't know. If, if, if Kenyon Drake doesn't play, I think I'm going back to Chase Edmonds with 6,300 with the usage. I think he, he's going to have to bust some big, some big chunk plays. Um, I, but I, I, mean, I, need, I, need, I need Drake to be inactive, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no way I play Edmonds if Drake is active. But yeah. um, it's just weird to see the – so like we see Hunt and Chubb right next to each other price-wise. We see Sanders at 6,400 and Boston Scott at 6,000, which just makes this Mike Davis price continue right? to seem like so yeah. outrageous. And Mike, and Mike Davis has been done so much more than Boston Scott has the last six right. weeks, too. Like, yeah. Like, it just I, seems really weird that it's all of a sudden McCaffrey's back for one game and they dropped him to 4,000. It's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. And But so, like, that's why everyone's going to play him. But um, – you just have to keep scrolling. Like, I think the guy that a lot of people will go to for another cheap one is Duke Johnson. Yeah. Um, like, 
it's not a great matchup, but it's fine. And I think the general belief is that Duke Johnson is better than David Johnson. And so if you're going to get both of their production from one guy for $500 less than David, um, why not just play him? Yeah. Before we jump fully into Duke, um, you mentioned James Conner. Like, that game against the Cowboys was, I mean, you, we didn't, obviously we didn't expect him to get down 13 nothing, whatever it was. And then the weird thing is, like, that's two games in a row where Connor has not played many snaps. Yeah. Um, and he played 31 and 32 snaps the last two weeks. He played 66 snaps in week seven. So, like, they're moving to other guys a little bit. And I, that, that, just that right there is a little too weird for me to trust him. He's not cheap. He's 6,900. No. Um, good matchup, though. I mean, Cincinnati's allowing 5.4 yards per carry to running backs. They're they're a favorite. They should win this game, you know, you'd assume, fairly easily, although they looked terrible last week. Um, but he had 11 touches for 20 yards last week against the Cowboys, played less than half the snaps. I think there's a little bit too much weirdness in back. If it had been one week, I'd probably get over it. But back-to-back weeks of, of the low 30 snaps, um, I don't think I can trust Connor this week at all, despite the matchup. Yeah, no, it's, that's fair. Any concern with James Robinson in the first game with, with Jake Luton? He only had uh, two targets and no catches. Like, James Robinson has to get the dump downs to work, especially in a game where they're trailing. That that worries me a little bit that maybe Luton's not the same with the dump downs that Gardner Minshew was. Yeah. <laughs> only, I mean, also, only only one game, but still. Right. He also had 25 carries, although I he guess... Did. He, and he, he played. He was really good. I, he had, that's back-to-back weeks of of you know over almost 100 yards and a touchdown 26 25 touches but i just worry a little bit in this game if they do get down quick that maybe we look at a situation where they uh, they're throwing a lot yeah i i mean the the possibility that he gets 20 carries again because this game is close is much lower than it was last or the last two weeks so sure, sure i mean he's good but like i from a cash game perspective there are just so many other guys i think you're you're better off playing yeah, I think I go with you. I think in this group, if I play one, it's probably Miles Sanders. Uh, full practice on Thursday appears ready to return. Uh, the Giants have been pretty good against running backs, though. Under four yards of carry, only run rushing one rushing or one guy over 100 yards since since the week, since uh, the very beginning of the season. That was Benny Snell. Uh, he's of played course five it was Benny games. Snell. Of course, it was Benny Snell. Uh, I just go back to that stat. Just like to talk about Benny Snell. Uh, <laughs> Sanders has played five games this year where he was like actually played the whole game. He has over 80 rushing yards in four of those. Granted, one of those was against Baltimore. He had like eight carries, but an 80 yard rushing touchdown. But I mean, that's why you play Miles Sanders. Is that is that big chunk playability? The fact that. I think this week, you know, he gets volume plus the chance he can always break a big one. Um, I guess it's probably a question of how much they ride him, you know, coming off, uh, you know, being finally being healthy again. But uh, I think in this range, Sanders is probably my favorite guy, both from actually from a floor and a ceiling perspective, actually. Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, in there. Like, I, I like him more than Edmonds, even if Drake doesn't play. Like, maybe I just give the Buffalo defense a little more credit than it deserves. But right. um, but I think they're both of them are fine. And um, like, I don't think Josh Jacobs is a bad play. I just think. That's one where you just need a lot of volume. Like he's not doing a God, lot in limited touches. So it's just so damn boring, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had 128 yards two weeks ago in Cleveland, but that was the weird win game. And they got 31 carries right. last week against the Chargers. I almost said the Clippers again. He was against the Chargers, 14 for 65. Like he's been fine. He just has not been anywhere near the guy we thought we were getting with that big game week one. And he's since then he's had one two touchdown game. But I don't know, just kind of. Uh, you're just lacking the upside I'm looking for. And Denver's been pretty good against the run, um, especially except for two weeks ago against the Chargers. They kind of beat them up. But I don't know. I'd go Sanders over Jacobs if I had to do it in the range. Yeah. No, I agree there. What do you do with Gio Bernard? Uh, yeah, Joe Mixon missed practice again on Thursday. I don't think he's going to play. Kind doesn't of surprising. Doesn't sound off, promising. It doesn't. Surprisingly off the bye week. I thought he'd be yeah. fully back this week. Um, 
You know, Bernard's been really active. Three touchdowns in two games uh, without Mixon since he started. The Pittsburgh deals, D is obviously good, but you look a little closer. The last two weeks against the run, uh, Dallas did really well against the run last last week against them, and Baltimore thrashed them two weeks ago. So maybe maybe they're they're leaking oil a little bit. Um, I don't know. Geo's a tough call for me always. Like I just don't think he's great. But if you can get the volume and you get some some dump downs, especially if they're trailing in that game. Um, at 5,400, if Mixon doesn't play, I could see that working too. Yeah. I mean, anybody down in this range, <clears throat> you're ultimately just looking at, would I rather play Duke Johnson? Right. Um, and so, uh, and Duke Duke last week played 52 snaps after after David Johnson got hurt. Um, 16 for 41 is obviously really, really ugly. That's just like two and a half yards of carry. But at four catches, three yards receiving. Uh, it certainly sounds like David Johnson's not going to play. I don't think he's going to pass the concussion stuff uh, by this week. Uh, Jacobs was good against them a couple weeks ago. We mentioned that, but a lot and a lot of volume. Uh, probably not a lot of upside with Duke, but you got to think the floor with, you know, say 18 touches is pretty good at 5,000. Yeah, the only fear that you have to have with Duke is that they don't end up giving him the touches. Like, right. when they first got him, everybody got all fired up because they were like, oh, finally, he's going to be, like, let loose, and he's really good. And... Maybe he's just one of these guys who's really good with a few touches here and there and not any sort of yeah. workhorse. And so I think there's a little Kareem Hunt fear here. Um, ironically, since I was his old team anyway. Um, <laughs> and, they're, and they're playing them this week. And they're playing, right. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I just, I think there's, there's more uh, hesitation in Duke Johnson than there is Mike Davis um, from a work workload perspective, obviously, uh, Johnson has the better matchup, but um, it's also not like a perfect matchup. So right. um, I think he's probably the riskiest of the group, but at least, you know, he's 5,000 on DraftKings, so it's a little easier. So in this range, we have a, a Washington football team running back that um, was a wide receiver in college, got converted to rut running back in Antonio Gibson. So you're like, you know, that seems like a perfect guy to, you know, use in the right spot, get in there on third downs, catch a bunch of passes. Antonio Gibson has one touch this season on third down. That is <laughs> the most impossible. We're, we're through. We're halfway through the season. We're through eight or nine games. How does a guy with that skill set have one touch on third down the entire year? That is a that is a just a coaching negligence right there. That is, I I could not believe that stat. I went back and looked, and it's actually right. It, it seems insane to me that they don't use him all the time on third down. Right, right. Like he he should be the third down guy. Like it's uh... he should be he should be in there all the. I mean. Third and six, it's like he should be out of the backfield. Boom. Like one touch on third down is criminal. That's brutal. Yeah. I wonder if it was even a mistake, too. And they actually thought it was second down and they were just like, oh, yeah, stay out there. Don't. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, he scored last week, but nine touches and 25 snaps just makes him tough to play for me. I was actually thinking you were going to bring up JD McKissick. Like Jeez, 14 I mean, targets last week. Yeah. It's funny. I, 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 last week I was stuck in NFFC season long. I had no running backs. Like everybody was either hurt are on by and I'm like, I'm just dead this week. And I'm like, I got to play JD McKissick. And he was the third best running back on the, on the entire, entire league last week in, in PPR points. Like yeah. crazy. I don't think it's hard for me to trust him. He's not super, super cheap. It's hard for me to trust him. You, the fact that you have to get that exact right situation. And I don't know if they'll be trailing Detroit, you know, maybe, uh, but he's super involved on third down get a ton of targets. Um, I don't think I can do it, but uh, I, I certainly wouldn't argue hard against someone who wanted to get that in a full PPR, but uh, not for me, I don't think. Yeah, it's just, right. There's just too many question marks. That... Yeah, it is. Um, last guy I wanted to mention on running backs before we move on to the passing game, DeAndre Swift, uh, 5,100 on DraftKings. Only 30 snaps last week. Did get 13 carries, 64 yards. Um, Washington's only given up 100-yard rusher all year. It feels a little bit to me like 
you know, playing that like DeAndre Swift is talent. He's going to have to have a big game eventually. And he's, he had that one game. He had a couple touchdowns earlier. Um, I think I'm going to try and not get sucked into this play, though. Because <clears throat> you don't think Adrian Peterson is going to be fired up against his old team? and Boy, am I tired of every time I flip in the game. Oh, it's Adrian Peterson. has said DeAndre Swift. Oh, there's on Johnson for a yard and a half. Like, just... <laughs> uh, coaches, I, uh, there's my coaching rant for the day. But coaches just, I mean, I mean DeAndre Swift, like we touched the ball. Like they got a chance to make a big play. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen enough. Um, I think he's ta- so talented, but 30 snaps, I just, I don't think I can go there either. I think the easiest way to ensure he has a great game is to play Stafford and cash. We, we we had that before where they we played Stafford and D- Detroit had 19 rushing touchdowns wherever it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was they all had one. I think all three. Everybody did. Yeah. Was, <clears throat> so. What do you do uh, with the Rams? Do you just yeah, avoid them? Yeah, I mean Daryl Henderson is uh, I think it's Darrell Henderson is uh, a little bit banged up. Sounds like he's going to play, but I mean I think that uh, with them and Seattle, I mean that game is a lot of points. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde didn't practice yesterday, so if you wanted to like go with DJ Dallas, he scored last week, but Travis Homer had the big play. I just think both those teams are hard to figure right now, and I think that with with Davis and Duke Johnson and Gio Bernard available, I don't think I don't think I need to go there. Uh, if you hit it right, you know it's a game that's a lot of points. I just I, I honestly don't know how to hit it right, especially with the Rams. And the Chargers are probably the same, right? Yeah, I mean Justin Jackson's probably not going to play, and then I mean they used they used Kalen Balaj last week instead of Joshua Kelly for heavy work, and then Tremaine Pope is there. I, I mean I think if you if you want to play one of them, you're just you're just hoping and guessing that you hit the right one. I don't think there's any way to really kind of analyze it and break it down and find the right one. I think you're hoping to get lucky if you play one of them, and I mean it certainly could happen. You may see a, a winning GP lineup that has you know Kalen Balaj or Joshua Kelly for a big game, but uh, I'm not guessing there. Yeah, the weird thing with Balaj is like he led the backfield last week and then went yep. right back to the practice squad on Monday. Um, it's crazy. Like, I, it's weird how you get games like that where, you know, Justin Jackson got hurt. And it was, I, I think he was going to have a pretty big game and play that Balazs role. And instead of just moving Kelly there, they're like, well, keep Kelly where he is. Just make Kalen Balazs, Justin Jackson. And right. it worked. I mean, and the Chargers found a way to lose another game right at the end, which is truly amazing. But um, So we've got Duke yeah, Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and Kalen Balazs on revenge games. The Caitlin Balazs revenge game. I think we'd be going with that uh, at some point this season. But Draft yeah, uh, DraftKings still has him in his uh, Dolphins shirt too. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's crazy to me. All these guys are more expensive than Mike Davis still, though. I, <laughs> uh, it's weird. It's just it's strange that uh, they just dropped him just mid price that fast. But yeah, what's funny is that I feel like we're all collectively agreeing that four thousand is a great price for like eight fantasy points. I see. I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll take the over on that really quickly. Oh, okay. I, I just think the targets in itself in a PPR. Uh, I mean, unless they change it up and they don't use the running back guy in the backfield, and they, they do use Curtis Samuel in the, in the way they kind of did it the last couple games with Davis. But I just think the chance of like six catches is there, and if you're going to get that, like it's just at four thousand, it's just so hard to get away from. I, yeah. I get that, especially in a GPP. You know, if he does have eight points, like you said, like that. You get a, a guy with eight points in a spot that 65% of teams have, like that's a win right there, and you're looking great. But, I mean, I think the the, the ceiling's there a little bit because the, the catches, then that makes him tough to tough to fade. Do you think Davis outscores all of the 5,000 running backs, like Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard, Gibson? We didn't even talk about the Chargers guys, but they split so much. I don't know if it's even worth talking about. Swift, like, he probably does, right? I mean, I take Davis pretty easily. Over yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, there, there's probably a guy in there that's going to outscore him, but like picking which one it is right. is going to be really hard. Whereas you know, Davis is going to get a certain amount of workload, and I think Mike Davis is actually pretty decent, which helps a little bit too. I think that when you see him, you're like, oh, you know, he actually looks pretty good. Whereas you watch. 
Duke Johnson, Gio Barra, maybe you don't you don't get quite that feeling. Um, you yeah, and you're saving you're saving a thousand bucks or more on all these guys yeah. to Davis too, which, which matters. Do you touch the other side of that game with either uh, Uncle Lenny or Rojo? Uh, it, that's a weird situation too. Like it's just so game script dependent. If they're behind, it's all Fournette, which I never thought we'd hear like Leonard Fournette <laughs> yeah. passing, passing. He looks like McCaffrey. Back. He did, but and then yeah, he. I, I looked up. I'm like, oh, Leonard Fournette hasn't even played this game. I looked up again. He had six targets. I was mm-hmm. like, where did that come from? He had six catches. Like, and then Rojo. Like if they're ahead, it's going to be a lot of Rojo. So I mean, it's just hard to figure out. I mean, if you want to tie and take a stance and be like, you know, this Tampa Bay is going to really bounce back and make this game, make his game and play Rojo, but. Man, off those off those snaps and, and usage from last week, I find it hard to I find it hard to use either one actually. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's jump into the pass game. But first, a note from our sponsor, Prop Swap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use Prop Swap. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $5 in bonus cash and use the PropSwap promo ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to 500 bucks. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we know all bookies never will. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. So, Andrew, at quarterback, I'm kind of going to do a little bit of the same thing. There's, there's like – Five guys, five or six guys at the top that I think are very playable. I do want to talk about them, but I want to drop down to 6,500. I think a lot of what you do depends on if you want to play Jared Goff against this Seattle defense. Um, if you're going to save, you know, 1,500 from Kyler, 1,400 from Rogers, 1,200 from Russell Wilson. Um, just Jared Goff looked really good early in the season. He has not looked good lately. The last three games, he has a uh, under six uh, YPA. Uh, his only top two t- touchdowns once all year. That was week two, but. Seattle has allowed an insane amount of passing yards. I'm not going to go over each one, but they've allowed five quarterbacks over 360 passing yards on the season. It's insane how bad it is. It's crazy. But the question I think you start your lineup at the start is, are you going to play Jared Goff this week? Uh, How do you feel about Goff going against this defense? Um, I started my build with Goff. Um, I went right to it because it's like the only time it hasn't worked, I think, is Jimmy G, Mm -hmm. which again, injury. That wasn't a bad play. It was just injury. Yeah. Um, and so the availability that you get by playing Davis, the salary uh, space, plus if you play another one of those five, that, you know, if you play Johnson or any of those guys we talked about, mm-hmm. now like the salary, not that it doesn't matter, but it's not as like you almost don't even need the salary anymore. And I, I think there are a ton of wide receivers you can play this week, like all over the price scale. Yep. So like, I do too. So the whole like, so fifteen hundred to Murray is that's like a decent amount. But like, I think, I think this is almost a week you could pretty much play anyone thanks to Davis. Um, particularly if you're somebody who's perfectly content paying down at defense. Um, so I, I don't think Goff is going to be like as popular as we've seen prior quarterbacks uh, playing the Seahawks. I think also part of that is that, like, we've seen some cheap ones too. Like, we had Fitzpatrick was really cheap against them. Jimmy G was really cheap. That's why everybody played him. Um, I'm trying to see here. I don't know. if I, Cam probably wasn't that cheap, but Cam killed him. Uh, yep. I doubt Kirk Cousins was all that expensive. So, like, they've – it's, like, one thing when you can play a cheaper guy in a great matchup. But, like, if you're – you are making the decision to not play 
the really expensive ones who have been just like so ridiculously consistent this year for a guy who's been incredibly inconsistent, yep. but is in the matchup. And so, and you're not saving like that much money. Um, so like, I, I think golf will certainly be somewhat popular because everyone who plays the Seahawks is, but yep. I'm not, not sure he's like actually that great of a play. I actually like two guys in his same price range as much as him too, which makes it even tougher for me. Let, but let's jump back up to the top. We've got Kyler Murray against Buffalo, 8,000 on DraftKings. Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Aaron Jones, uh, 7,900. Russell Wilson, 7,700 against the Rams in that high-scoring game. And then, um, yeah, I'll stop there. I guess you got Josh Allen too in that in that Arizona-Buffalo game at 7,500. Uh, if you're picking at the top here, um, do you have a, you have a strong preference between any of these four? Why, why is Allen not like firmly in the group? Just because he's Josh. Because he's Josh Allen, uh, <laughs> and he was—he was like kind of bad for three or four weeks until he faced Seattle, and obviously he went off again. But yeah, if you want to play this game and at Arizona, a lot of points. Um, I get. It. I like the three guys more than him, both as a player and a play this week. But yeah, I wouldn't begrudge anybody from going back to Josh Allen in a high-scoring game. I just think the other three are—I think the other three are better plays to me. But and Allen's priced up enough at seventy-five hundred that uh, you know you don't get much savings from the other three. Um. So we have no interest. We didn't once mention either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. Like, we want no part of the Buffalo uh, running game. I think it's just too hard. I mean, they're just so split that it's just too hard to trust them. But, yeah, I mean, a high-scoring game, if you wanted to hit on one of them, sure. I just uh, – for me, it's too tough. I wasn't even going there with it. I was saying, like, even if you if you were ro- able to roster, like, Buffalo Bills running backs in one spot, <laughs> you're still not doing it. Right. And so – because Josh Allen runs all the damn touchdowns in. Right. So now we have Josh Allen as the quarterback of the team with the second highest implied team total on the entire slate. And we're not putting him in the upper tier? I'm not putting him in the upper tier. But, yeah, that makes it, that makes it good. That's a, it's a really good point. And I think maybe I get stuck a little bit on fantasy points versus, like, I think the other three are better players. But, yeah, that doesn't really matter when we're, we're setting a DFS lineup. Uh, Allen, you know, four fifteen and three last week, a touchdown rushing. This is a really good game script, game flow, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think the other three guys that I mentioned, Wilson Rogers and Kyler, you're getting a little more consistency from and a little more, uh, the upside is definitely there with Allen with the other three. I think like consistent floor is a little bit better with the other three guys as well. I say all of that about Josh Allen and there's no way I play him <laughs> over Murray <laughs> Right. Or Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I get it. And it's a good point, though, because it does, like I I think sometimes we automatically don't put him with those guys. And fantasy-wise, in a high-scoring game, he probably is there. Um, Kyler was insane last week. Yeah. Uh, 283 and 3. He was 21 for 26. Hit the deep ball to Christian Kirk. 106 yards rushing. I mean, when you put that in a quarterback, it's like Lamar Jackson from last yeah. year. And that's why we kept playing Lamar Jackson last year every single week. Um he has a, at least a one rushing touchdown in every game but one this year from a quarterback is, is a crazy stat. He's over 40 DraftKings points the last two weeks. Like the, the ceiling, is, I, I think it's fair to say his ceiling is as high as anybody in the leagues. Uh, Buffalo defense is a little bit different than he's played the last couple weeks. It's a pretty good defense. Um, they did have allowed 390 yards to Russell Wilson last week, but a lot of that was you know late garbage time. They forced four turnovers. Uh, Murray has multiple touchdown passes in three straight games. Obviously, it's big because you want the you want those rushing stats. But if you can throw the passing stats, it becomes like Lamar last year. Great game flow. The, the over under is fifty six. Wherever he said it was, I find it hard to get away from Kyler any week. Same with this week. But uh, do you like him, Jones or, or Wilson? I mean, talking to these three guys, where do you go? Um, Aaron Rodgers. All right. Um, I went Rodgers before I went to Allen, at least. Um, okay. Which I'm not sure is right. Like I think Wilson. 
is actually the worst of the group. Um, just like the from a matchup perspective, he's got yeah. he's facing the toughest defense. It's like yeah. right, the Rams are, and that game's high scoring, but a lot of that's because Seattle's defense is bad. The Rams defense is very good. Right, and so uh, I just look at that like if I can pay two hundred more for Rodgers or three hundred more for Murray on DraftKings, like I'll just do that. Like, um, and it, the crazy thing on Fanduel, uh, Wilson's more expensive than yeah. Wilson. So, I mean, he's Rogers $500 less. And I think that's a pretty easy swap, too, for $500 less. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously getting very different quarterbacks when you look at, like, Murray and Rogers. And Allen is kind of in between. Like, Rogers doesn't really run. Murray obviously yeah. runs a ton. Um, and Allen's kind of this in between where, like, he can run. Um, he obviously scores plenty of touchdowns by himself. Um, but, like, the, the rushing totals are usually not, I mean, they're certainly not as high as Murray, although nobody's are. Um, so I just think if you're in that top group, it's just really tough to not just take Murray. Um, but if you do, I think Rodgers is next. Yeah, I mean, with Rodgers, I think the only concern is game script. If they do get up in that game, maybe they, they, they kind of pull back a little bit in the second half. But I mean, last three weeks, four, three and four touchdowns been really good. He killed the Niners last week. It's funny. We talk so about... much from in close that like it's just. Yeah. Well, that's because they literally try to get Devontae Adams touchdowns. In the yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. Like we could just run this in or we just you know, quick play here boom we're good yeah we it's funny when we talk about defenses they're playing jackson we talk about defenses like oh this team has like seven sacks last two weeks or this team looks good there jacksonville's eight sacks this season like they do not touch the quarterback ever you get <laughs> rogers with protection no pressure i mean he could score as many points as he wants to in the game it's strictly going to be a game script thing yeah that's fair but uh, I, 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 you think the first three quarters, he's going to just kill them, I, I would think. It's just a matter of the touchdowns come from him or Aaron Jones. And, you know, as you're setting your lineup, I think it really comes down to if you want to play. You mentioned what we talked about, Jones. If you want to play the Green Bay rushing attack or the passing attack, you probably got to pick one or the other because I don't think you want to play um, all of them. They're all they're all expensive. It's hard to play. You don't want to play Rodgers, Jones, and Adams, I don't think. Um, but you got you probably have to pick one side of it, and I think both sides have pretty good arguments. Yep, I think that's fair. It's really <clears> – <throat> so, like, those – top four guys are all so close uh, salary-wise. Like, you do get a bit of a break. I mean, you mentioned Goff. So, like, if you don't if you don't want to pay down for another running back in cash or you're not paying up or you want to pay up for a little more for a wide receiver or two, you do have to drop down to that Goff range. And because he's Jared Goff, um, do you play Deshaun Watson over him? Like it's crazy that Watson's in this price range. Like, why is he under seven thousand? Like again, like my only concern with so Watson's been awesome. They're really good last four games, multiple touchdowns in six straight games. He's been two hundred eighty plus passing yards in five straight games. And Will Fuller's healthy. Brandon Cooks is healthy. They're using them both really well. Um, I don't know if they're getting rid of Bill O'Brien opened up the passing game or whatever it was. They've been really good. Cleveland's allowed some big passing games. I love Deshaun Watson this price. My only concern is you look at the weather. And you've got 25 mile an hour wins. And we saw in two weeks ago against the Raiders, like it actually made a difference in that game. Uh, you could see that was, the Daniel Carlson kick is the meme that like went dead right. left after he kicked it. But I mean, it mattered. I mean, you saw the Raiders ran the ball 31 times to Jacobs in that game. And you, you just, it, it does make a, a difference if it's winning. Like that's the only weather thing that I'm really worried about. So um, with Watson for me, it's going to be a Sunday morning, like check that weather, depending on how high I move him up this range. Um, I do really like, I mean, at $400 more than golf, it's so hard for me not to go to the significantly better player, even though the matchup is obviously much different than it is against Seattle. Like I wish we had to touch Deshaun Watson at Seattle for the price. I'd be in on that. Um, <laughs> uh, my Deshaun Watson against range, Seattle though, should be $9,000. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, in the golf range, though, I've got two other guys here I like, too. I like Justin Herbert, again, 6600 
at Miami. I mean, Herbert has 15 touchdowns the last five games, over 260 yards in each one. Uh, Kyler obviously went nuts against Miami last week, so we know that we know that it can be a, done with a, with some passing against them. Miami's allowed over 350 yards. It's not quite Seattle, but they do have three quarterbacks. They've got over 350. Obviously, a pretty big number there. I mean, I think that Herbert with with Goff and Watson there goes kind of uh, quiet again. I mean, he's obviously everybody loves him. He's a popular rookie, but. I mean, I don't think ownership will be high on him at 6,600 this week, and I think he's a really nice play also. Totally agree. Um, it, I mean, like everyone we mentioned, I want to play over Goff. Like, I, I just don't want that's, to play That's Goff. the problem, right? But then I look at Seattle, I'm like, geez, they're so bad. Yeah. And last week I did this with Allen. I'm like, oh, I just like these other guys more. And then Allen, I look up and had whatever it was, 200 yards, two touches in the first quarter. I'm like, yeah. geez, I'm behind the eight ball already. And where it's like 1040, like I just finished my hot chocolate. <laughs> like, what is going on? This is crazy. Um the other guy in this range that I think is very playable and I don't think anybody will have him is actually Drew Brees. Oh. Uh, the 49ers pass defense is already so beat up and they lost K1 Williams this week, who's probably their best corner and Sherman's not playing. Sherman's the best corner, but without Sherman, K1 Williams, he's a slot corner. He might be the best slot corner in the NFL, to be honest. Uh, Richard Sherman's not going to play again. Chikorsky Tart, who's their starting safety is now out for the season too. Like, as much as this defense is banged up, like this, two, every week they get two more starters that get hurt. It's crazy. Um, they have gotten absolutely killed by the pass. I mean, Aaron Rodgers killed them last week. Um, they're more banged up than usual. He had four touchdowns last week against Tampa Bay. Only 222 yards, but they kind of pulled off the reins early. My only concern on this, I guess, would be how much they throw. But I think Drew Brees, in a really good matchup at home with Michael Thomas healthy, is going to be very, very low percent this week. I don't think – and with Goff right next to him, with Herbert right there, with Watson, you know, 500 more – I think nobody's going to have Breeze, and I think in the dome against this Niners defense, I think he's a really interesting GPP play, especially. That's not who I was expecting you to right. say. Which You're expecting I, your boy, weren't you? What's that? You're expecting your boy Tom Brady, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, my boy. That's exactly who I thought you were going to say. Um, I love that Breeze call. That's fun. Um, I, I, I really like a Breeze-Michael Thomas stack this week. That I think it's like the, the lowest percent ownership it will be ever. I think yeah. it, I. I, the four, I will get to receivers, but the 49ers cannot stop good receivers right now. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams and uh, and DK Metcalf have absolutely mashed them the last two weeks. They just don't have a player out there that can stop a big-time receiver right now. It's just they, they don't have it in the on the roster. Yeah, that's um, that's fun, Scott. I like that one. I don't, even, I don't I, have anything to add to it other than that. I'm not going to – you know, I usually play three lineups. One of them uh, will be a, a Breeze Thomas stack. Yeah. The, I mean, not that you have to, like, run it back, but there's really nobody to run it back with. There isn't. You can. We'll talk about it when we do receivers. Maybe you can play Brandon Ayuk coming back, um, but you don't want to play any of the running backs. You could go Richie James, who had a big game, but with Ayuk back, probably not there. I mean, Richie James had 184 yards last That's right. Game. That's right. Out of freaking nowhere, by the way. Like, it, it's funny because we, we were talking showdown that night when they played the Packers, and we were like, do you go Richie James or Trent Taylor? Like, that's yeah. the level we're talking about. And, like, just two players, you're like, who are these guys? Richie James is a punt returner. And Trent Taylor had one catch, and Richie James had nine for 184. It was just like yeah, amazing what a little tweet can do. Yeah, I sent you a message on Sunday that my favorite thing was like watching Red Zone, and they were like, fantasy leaders, and like Richie yeah. James is at the top of all of them. And nobody could pass him the whole day. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So you mentioned Brady. Uh, Brady's 6,300 DraftKings at Carolina this week. He was horrendous last week. Like, he was legit terrible. Uh, 22 for 38, uh, no touchdowns, three picks. Uh, Tom Brady right now is really bad if you get any pressure on him. And I don't mean like he's always bad for Tom. Way. I don't mean Tom for bad for Tom Brady. I mean bad for the NFL. He's a bad quarterback when he gets pressure. When he does not, 
pick and pick you apart fine hit everybody he's got great weapons Antonio Brown that is there now looked you know looked healthy didn't look great but looked healthy last week got a good tight end uh, he had 217 yards and, and a touchdown against Carolina the first game the second time they've been playing Carolina's been rough the last three games for his quarterback they're pretty good early but uh, Mahomes had a big game against them last week uh, Matt Ryan had 281 Breeze had 287 a week before that I can see the pass to Tom Brady this week. A lot of projection systems we talked about earlier have him throwing for a lot of yards, have him like leading leading the league in yards this week. Um, for me, I would do it over Breeze, Goff, or Herbert, so I'm not going to have Brady in any lineup just because there's three guys in the exact same range I prefer. Yeah, I just <clears> – yeah, I sent that to you. Like literally multiple projection places have Brady yeah. as the projected for the highest. And obviously they're all close and it's only a medium projection, so it's not like it's a – prediction of the future but um it's just very strange to see that in this matchup with like the number of guys in other games that could really go off like i just don't i don't get it um i there's like there's no way i'm playing tom brady so like everybody else like if you're for gpps like he's a great play because he's got great receivers that you can stack uh they have good receivers on the other side of that game to come back with um i'm just not i'm not going to join you they ran the ball five times last week. I think it was an NFL. That game record. was just, like, like you should just throw that game out. Like for any like projection. You should. Like system, that game just... was insane. They were they were so embarrassingly bad in that game. But five carries. Like that's how do you not like down thirty one nothing? How do you not just run the ball a few times and run at the damn clock? Like what are you doing? Like he how also, do you have five I mean, carries? like he threw thirty eight passes, which was actually less than he threw in each of the past t- the two previous games. So it's I mean, not even they like just, they just never. When you go three and out every time, I yeah, guess you just never have the ball. They were just they just got absolutely pumped. It was great. That was a weird game. That was uh, – I did not expect – after they lost the first game to New Orleans, I did not think they were getting blown out the second game. Yeah. That was uh, – some games I predict well. Uh, Raiders. Raiders, Chargers last week had the over. I, I put that on the on the, on the, on the pod. But uh, I was way off on that game. I thought it was going to be a good game. I thought Tampa Bay was going to win that game, and I was way off. That was weird. Is there anybody else cheaper at quarterback you want to play? I think that, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, 6,200, good matchup. I don't trust that off the COVID and off the knee injury more than that last week. Like – he was limping around pretty badly the second half last week. I think if they get up in this game, it'd be smart to go to Mason Rudolph and, and give Ben some time. But uh, I'm a little worried about how banged up he is that maybe he don't get a full game. And then Carson Wentz is under 6,000 at the Giants. Um, had a pretty had a really good game against them the first time. 359, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Um, I just think if I get down here, I just probably go to those other group of guys in the mid-sixes we talked about. I don't think I need the salary as much as I normally do. We talked about Davis, some of their cheaper running backs. Um, I don't think I'm getting down anywhere here. Um, why haven't you mentioned your boy Derek Carr? Because he's just too many times. Like it, it, he's been really good. I just I think that uh, with the other guys in this range, I think I would just go up to up to Breeze, Herbert, and and Goff instead of instead of Carr. But I I, I wouldn't begrudge me playing Carr. We we should we should go out mentioning Drew Locke last week. We talked about him on the podcast. Turned out to be the best play at quarterback for the price. Uh, it took a lot of fourth quarter uh, magic to get there, but you know, stats at the end of the game is all that matters. Uh, props to you—you you actually played Drew Locke as your as your cash game quarterback, and it worked well. Um, obviously, the, the the him and Judy uh, combo together was was huge. Won some GPPs too. There were a lot of a uh, lot of lineups I saw that were high up in GPPs that had that had Locke Judy too. So uh, happy to say we did talk about Locke a lot last week. But there's uh, it's just a week this week that uh, I think there's so many good quarterback plays if you want to go up a little bit or the mid range that I'm not touching the the down range this week. Yeah. Um... Derek Carr, 47 pass attempts in the last two games. Not last week, just two games. So I think that's the the fear. And, and Locke, I, I, I give him a, a pass. One of, the, one of the games was the Cleveland win game. But right. uh, 
They're just, I mean, they hit some big play. They hit the big play to Aguilar last week, but they're just, uh, there's other quarterbacks I like more this week. Yeah. Um, For full disclosure, I spent three quarters of that Denver game texting you about how bad Drew Locke is. And I had, I just like completely was ignoring the fact that they were playing like the worst fourth quarter team in the history of the NFL. And so like, of course he was going to come back and play. And then all of a sudden I sent you the nice little never a doubt text because like, how could I ever doubt Drew Locke? But, um. Yeah, this week I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, need that's back to back weeks where he went nuts in the fourth quarter. It was terrible the first three quarters. So but yeah, bad. I mean the Falcons are just yeah, they're very special in the fourth quarter, and it's it's something we never see. But uh, that that was fun because it was uh, it looked like you were dead, and then all of a sudden you literally had the best quarterback play on the slate. Yeah, and I had Judy too for the so price. It was yeah. it was, uh, nice. it was great. Speaking of Judy, let's jump into wide receivers. But uh, first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Football's in full swing, and new customers at BetMGM Sports can win the season with a 100% deposit match up to $500. Simply sign up and make a deposit with the bonus, bonus code ROTOWIRE to take advantage of this offer. There's never been a better time to get in on the action at BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted odds specials, and much, much more. <clears throat> Don't let one more minute in the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code ROTOWIRE. Double your betting bankroll with a 100% deposit deposit match. I can talk up to $500. You must be 21 years or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So wide receiver this week, we talked about Green Bay a little bit. Uh, highest price by far at $9,000 on DraftKings, 9500 on FanDuel is Devontae Adams. Uh, just going off right now. He is uh, 10 for 173 in touchdown against the Niners. They had no chance to stop him. Uh, targets the last four weeks, 10, 16, 12, and 12. Six touchdowns last week. We talked earlier, when they get to the two, like they just pretty much run an out to him and it's a touchdown every time. I guess how much they throw is the issue here. You know, how will they, what will they do in the second half? We talked about it. We talked with Rodgers. Uh, people are doing well against Jacksonville. Uh, will Fuller and, Devon, and, and Brandon Cooks had 183 and two touchdowns last week. Jalen Guyton and, and Keenan Allen big the week before. Um, I guess it depends how you build your lineup. Like, you kind of have to go in building around Adams. But uh, how do you feel about him at 9,000 this week? Uh, it's funny because we – like, that price is pretty crazy for what we've seen this year. But it, it was also the pretty standard Mike Thomas price last year. It was. And we happily paid it most often. So um, the you can have a concern that the Packers only throw 20 times. But if they throw 20 times, like 18 could go to Adams. <laughs> so like it's... It's funny. Rodgers was mentioned last week. They're like, you know, how, how do you feel about the game? He's like, I, I like throwing to 17 was his answer. Yeah. Like, it's and, just like he drops back and, and Marquez Valdez getting had a couple big plays. But... He just he's throwing the ball to Adams a ton, no matter what's going on up there. And it seems like when they're in close, they like look at the defense and they're like, okay, here are nine guys who are trying to stop Aaron Jones, and there's right. one guy over there trying to stop Devonte Adams. And they're like, maybe we should just throw it to the one guy, yeah. and be and it works every time. They had that they had that fourth down play too, where it's like mm-hmm. they could have done anything, and they 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 forced in this little pass to Adams, and it worked. It's just it works like, every just, time, yeah. Rodgers is so crazy accurate. Adams is so crazy good that, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you want a little bit of – for this to really work at 9,000, you need Jacksonville to score a little bit. Like, you need them to be at least thrown for three quarters, three and a half quarters. So you want a little bit of a comeback on Jacksonville. But if Jacksonville could score a little bit, uh, it, it's hard to get away from Adams. I mean, the, the targets are just massive. I don't think you need that much time. Like, didn't he have – didn't he break 100 and a touchdown before, uh, by halftime last week? 
I just think if you're paying nine thousand, you you're hoping that you get uh, you get four quarters. But you may you're right. You may not need it. A couple big plays, you may not need it. But uh, yeah, that yeah. would be the only the only like concern in this game is that the Green Bay does shut it down in you know midway through the third quarter and they're up, you know, twenty seven to three and he's got sixty yards and a touchdown and maybe they kind of just stop doing it at that point. That's fair. Um, I and think... nine thousand is a as a big tag. You're gonna need you you need a, you need a big game for that to work. Um, I agree with you. And there are some guys who are cheaper who probably have who are probably projected for one maybe two fewer targets like there are some very high targeted receivers on this slate who are much cheaper than adams because everyone's cheaper than adams but and like 1500 2000 yeah than adams. it's not like it's 400 dollars or 600 it's the, everybody drops down in the seven thousands below adams. correct um however thirteen thousand for adams and mike davis is pretty cheap and so like yeah. um there's a wide receiver we'll get to in a little bit who I think is going to be really popular, who's very cheap. Like, I think there are some very clear, um, cheap guys that will make it much easier to pay up for Adams that a $9,000 price is not going to, like, push enough people away. Like, you're not going to be you're not going to be like, oh, I'll pay up for Adams because nobody else is. Like, I think there's still a very clear path where plenty of people are playing Devontae Adams. And that's a really good point. I mean, it, you know, nine thousand is is very different based on who everybody else is on the slate, and they, with, with with some cheap plays, that, that is a good point. So let, let's jump down under eight thousand. We've got a, a slew of guys here that I think you know people are, are very playable. We've got DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, and Keenan Allen between seventy one hundred to seventy seven hundred. Um, in that range, uh, I obviously you know it, it, you, everybody likes all these guys, but who are you thinking about uh, playing more than the others in this range? I think normally we'd really like Thomas, but for how much, you know, he's banged up and that more pushes us to Kamara anyway. I don't think there's any reason to play Kamara and Thomas. I guess you pay up for Jones, then I think people who play Jones will go to one of these guys because they're not going to want to play Jones and uh, Adams. So, like, right, there's right. there's people that way. Um, Keenan Allen was, like, one of the first guys in my lineup just because, like, if you like Devonte Adams' not, targets, they will not push his price up anymore. It's it's right. seventy one hundred. Like you talk, yeah, you talk about Adams. I mean, targets are insane with that with Allen too. Um, it's just like like thirteen, twelve, and eleven in the last uh, three games. Um, and you know he's had games with he had nineteen targets in the game earlier this season. Like yeah. there's just not any reason to think they're not going to get him the ball. Um, and obviously he's got a quarterback that we know likes to throw it, can throw it, and I think. Mean, there's just no questions with uh, Keenan Allen um, that makes him certainly easier to, to play than Thomas, who's banged up. Um, Metcalf, you always have the, you know, the, Metcalf is playing probably the best defense. Um, theoretically, you'll see plenty of Jalen Ramsey. And then you're left with the guys in the same game, um, DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, both of who could also get 10 to 15 targets. Um, Diggs's are a little more valuable, but... I mean, like I said, if you don't want to play Adams, there are plenty of guys you can play target-wise. I just think Keenan Allen stands out above the others. Yeah, I like Allen a lot again this weekend. He's the cheapest in this group, too, at 7,100, yeah. so that, that matters, too. I mean, double-digit targets the last six full games he's played. We mentioned he had that one game where he left early, still scored a touchdown in that game. But, I mean, the thing that also helps him here against Miami is that he's, he plays a lot out of the slot. Miami's strength is their, their two boundary cornerbacks, and— if he can avoid those guys a little bit, I mean, Christian Kirk had five for 123 last week. Cooper Cup had 110 yards, 11 catches the week before. So you've seen that kind of the shifty slot guy against Miami works better than the than the outside guy. So, I mean, I think Allen works really well at 7,100. I like Michael Thomas, uh, but I need to see some injury report. I know he's partially practicing on Thursday. I just think the 49ers can't stop 
any good receivers right now. I get that he's not quite the same, um, you know, deep guy that, that Adams and Metcalf are, but uh, I still think he's going to do really, really well this week. And I don't think the Niners can stop him at all. Metcalf is wild. Like we, we were worried last week about Tredavious White, and he, he went seven for 108 and a touchdown. He has under uh, 92 yards once all year, and that was the game that Tyler Lockett had 400 yards receiving, and they just didn't, uh, you know, they didn't go to him against Arizona. Jalen Ramsey, you mentioned, he doesn't shadow, but should see a bunch of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, there's uh, there's one wide receiver has 100 yards. Cole Beasley had 100 exactly on the Rams all year. Um, I just think matchup wise, it gets really tough. But DK Metcalf, I'm not going to pretend that uh, you know he can't he can't eat against anybody. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that popular because of the other guys, but. Um, I'm one of those people who will probably not play him because of the matchup and the other guys. Hopkins is weird last week. Three targets. Uh, in a game that Kyler had almost 300 yards passing, he had 30 yards. Uh, he has seven-plus targets in every game, so maybe just kind of a, a fluky situation where it just didn't work. Hell, I mean, we talked about Tredavious White with DK Metcalf last week. DeAndre Hopkins should see a lot of him, but you know DK Metcalf did fine against him last last week, and you know we always are we always concerned about caution about don't you know not play a guy just because the cornerback because a lot of stuff happens in the offense, and you know these receivers are really good too. And then Diggs, I mean, eight plus targets last five weeks, double juice in two of those. He has over ninety yards in four of his last six games in a game that's gonna be should be a lot of points score a lot back and forth. I mean Josh Allen. It's hard to really, you know, pair him with the receiver because they spread it around and he scores the rushing touchdowns. But he's, it's very clear. Stephon Diggs has as many catches this year as he did all of last year, which is That's just wild. crazy to me how much what Minnesota was doing last year with him. But I think all these guys are really playable. I, I probably go Allen and Thomas the the highest, but I mean they're all studs. Like I I wouldn't fight you against using any of them. Would you like Diggs more if Allen wasn't his quarterback? Like he had the same stats, but it wasn't Josh Allen. Probably because you just get that like inside the 20 Josh Allen running where you'd like him to throw a, a 15 yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs. But Allen's focusing on him, which I do like. I mean, it's very clear that he kind of has Diggs throw the ball a bunch and then spreads it around everybody else. He gets Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and some guys on the backfield, some Singletary. But um, I think I like the fact that Diggs is very focused as their, their wide receiver one. I mean, and, he, and he's, he's really, really good too. I, uh, if I'm gonna play, a, if I'm gonna play a, a Murray, a, a Murray stack in, in a lineup, I'm probably, I'm coming back with Diggs for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only guy, popular. only guy in that office could really come back. I mean, your guarantee is going to see the ball a bunch. Right, right. The next so group has some nice guys in it. It does. We dropped below seven thousand. Um, I want to get to the Rams guys, but the first guy I want to talk about it is Tyler Lockett. Uh, I was wrong on him last week. Uh, Wilson had three hundred ninety yards. Lockett did nothing. Lockett's really good, but four of the last five games have not been good. Like he had the he had the fifteen for two hundred and three game that we were both on, so that worked really well. But the other five in the last five weeks, those other four games have been really quiet. Like just uh, you know, not a ton of targets, a few catches, uh, you know, 40, 50 yards. Metcalf has obviously been much more consistent. Uh, but Tyler Lockett's uh, eleven hundred dollars cheaper than Metcalf last week. It's sixty five hundred in a game we expect uh, a lot of points. Um, we expect uh, Jalen Ramsey to probably do a lot of DK Metcalf coverage. Uh, do you go back to Tyler Lockett? Are you a little worried about the, the recent performance? What do you do with Lockett? <clears throat> um, somebody made a comment earlier this week uh, basically saying that Lockett should never be a cash game consideration, um, which sounds nuts because like we've seen him put up like huge games and we just like think of him as right. like a, a short yardage guy who gets a bunch of targets. But like his targets really aren't nearly consistent enough to be priced with these other guys. And so... Um, just the more you look into it, you're just like, overall, his targets are there. But like when you have 20 in a single game, um, that's obviously going to push you up. And he just has too many right. games with like five to eight targets, which 
when you're in this price range, you need more than that. I mean, that's those are targets too. They're not just receptions, although he right. does pretty much catch everything. He does catch everything. But like when you look at this price range, um, you like we've got the the Rams guys, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Cup's a little banged up, it seems like. I think everyone should play Woods if Cup doesn't play against that Seattle defense. Um, although we'll talk about Josh Reynolds in a little bit. We shall. But like there's as, as crazy as it sounds, like from a consistency standpoint, you should play Terry McLaurin over Tyler Lockett every week. Um, like that is a statement I never thought we'd be saying. Like <laughs> right. it'd be the opposite, right? Like, oh, McLaurin's got the ceiling and upside, but McLaurin has, you know, seven catches each of the last three weeks. He gets a ton of targets. They just focus on him no matter what. Every quarterback, um, too. They've, they've every, had 17 you know, quarterbacks this year. I love Tyler Lockett. And last week, like, it was frustrating. He got tackled the one. Yeah. And he had another deep ball that, like, just went off his fingertips in the end zone. So, like, could have been a way different story. Um, I do think Tyler Lockett's still at least a GPP play at 6,500. I think that in that offense, in this game, you're going to want a piece of that. But sure. you're right. In a cash game setup, like, McLaurin is just more consistent, which I never thought we'd be saying out loud. It's wild. I mean, Keenan Allen, like, Allen is closer to – this price range of these guys that we're talking about than he is like the elite group of like Metcalf and Hopkins um, right. and Diggs, which, which just feels so crazy to me. Um, but yeah, Lockett's just like not there for me. And like Fuller isn't really either. Um, like the, the salary difference between Fuller and Brandon Cooks is wild for how much they are actually and it, used. It never, I don't know what Brandon Cooks has to do to get priced up. I mean, he got moved up a hundred dollars. Like he just, it's three straight games where he's clearly been very involved in the offense and just kind of stays in the mid fives. And yeah. Will Fuller scored in six straight games, but like it's hard to play him a thousand dollars more over, over cooks when it's just, they're both really very involved every week. Yeah. I mean, Fuller has to score. Like you're not getting enough if he doesn't score. And so uh, in that game, particularly, like you're saying, there's some weather concerns. Like if you're going to play a guy in a weather's concern game, don't pay 6,700 for him. Right. Um, so yeah, there's, that's the guy. That's the guy I avoid in that group because like Cup and Woods are just so much, at least game script wise, should be so much better. So we've, we've got the Rams guys. You mentioned Cup. I think he has a little bit of a bleak injury. Uh, Sean McVay said he's, he's he's expecting him to play. So I think he's going to play. But it's, you know, a little bit of a tweak there. Um, he had 21 targets the last game they played. It was that weird game against Miami where they threw the ball 55 times, 60, times. whatever it was. Like, yeah, a thousand times. They got, they got down pretty quickly because of the defensive and special teams touchdowns. But uh, Woods is a little bit cheaper. Woods is 6,600, uh, seven for 85 and a touchdown last week on eight targets against Miami. Um, Seattle has allowed 280 yards per game just to wide receivers, <laughs> which is like most times you're like, they've allowed 280 yards passing. Like that's a lot every yeah. game consistently. 280 yards, two wide receivers. It's just impossible to me. Um, Wood just scored three of his last weeks. He has eight rushes the last three weeks too, which you like to, you know, like to see that they run that like jet sweep play at the three yard line, which yeah. you'd love to see. Uh, Johnu Smith scored in that last night. Speaking mm-hmm. of it, your boy, your boy Johnu. Um, we talked last week how it seemed impossible, but twelve wide receivers had over eighty yards, uh, eighty yard games against Seattle. Two more last week, so that's up to fourteen now. Um, it, it's hard to make a lineup without playing one of these guys at least. Or yeah, agreed. I, I mean, you can see if you can play both, but um, it's hard for me to get through this slate without playing one of the Rams receivers. You've got you've got three guys. We'll talk about Josh Rounds a little bit, but Woods and Cup are obviously going to get a lot of targets. Uh, worst defense imaginable against wide receivers. Uh, it's it's hard to not play one of these guys in the six thousands. Yes. Um, so we might as well just talk about Reynolds because we're talking about these guys. Like sure. seventeen targets in his last two games. Uh, Thir- and 
3,500. He's 3,500. I guess I buried the lead there. Yeah. Um, he has a touchdown in two of his last three games. Um, and he's playing Seattle. And so $3,500 Josh Reynolds, $4,000 Mike Davis. Now you see why Devontae Adams at 9000 doesn't feel so crazy. Um, and I think Reynolds, the key stat you mentioned is the targets. Like 17 targets the last two games at 3500 to get a piece of this game and the passing offense. Like uh, he makes a ton of sense down there. And I think he's a little bit boomer bust, but at 3500 yeah. like I don't even think you really – like as long as you get a piece of this game – He's played 50 snaps in three straight games, which I think is really important for a guy who's a third wide receiver. Like, you don't want him just to get some action. You want him to be out there all the time. If he's out there all the time, they're playing three wide receivers a ton. They're going to have to score in this game. Seattle, the Rams defense is good, but Seattle's going to score points. Like, the Rams are going to have to score. Uh, 3,500 for Reynolds. When I clicked on him, I'm like, I wonder if he's like 4,500 this week. Like, I wonder if he's going to be tough to play. But 3,500 makes him really interesting. He's got more targets than Woods over the last two games. Yeah. Woods, I think, has two more touches just because of these uh, running plays that they're giving him. And he's 3,500. And he's like, not that they throw like really far downfield, but he runs deeper routes than Cup and Woods. Yes. And so yeah. um, just be, you know, he is getting the targets. But even if he didn't, if he's playing those those longer plays, then, I mean, we saw, we've seen Seattle give up plenty of long plays as well. So like... Um, do, you, do you think Reynolds is popular this week? Yes. I think so. You think everybody's going to focus on him? I think, I mean, every week we try to find who that like cheap wide receiver is. Um, and I think there are other playable ones. There are other playable ones that are like cheap. Yeah. I've got but, a couple of guys down there that I want to talk about. We'll yeah. get there. But, but like none of them, have... none of them have Reynolds' targets. None of them have his opponent. And so like, it just, you think it's he's easy. like 20%? Um, 25%? Like, well, if you had a guess in, like, a, say the Millie Maker or something like that, oh. what, would you, what would be your guess? Like, a, a big a big GPP. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it could be, like, 20 to 25, only because, like, this is also a game that we're expecting to have a lot of points in. Like, you can play, if you want to play Russ and Metcalf and run it back with Reynolds, run it back with Reynolds and Cook, uh, Cup or Woods, like, oh, no. Like, there are plenty of guys you can play in this game because this game could have... 65 points in because every game with Seattle plays in has 60 points in. Yeah, I think the thing with Reynolds is he works if you want to game tax this game, but it also works if you just want a, a piece of this game and game tax something yeah. else and you want to come back to the piece that I think you just, I think you're probably right. I think the people are going to, as the week goes on, I think there'll be a lot of people talking about Reynolds at 3,500. Um, yeah, like I'm looking the, at, at some uh, projections that we have from the UF Collective ones that we have on Rotowire, like just in terms of like the actual ownership percentages, I tend not to necessarily look at. But it's more just the the order, and they've got Adams, Hopkins, Diggs, Cup, Metcalf, Woods, Lockett, and Reynolds. So there's like three guys from the Rams in the top ten. Um, but yeah, thirty five hundred. How much do you even really need? Yeah, the one I was looking at had him pretty low, but I think it's uh, I think he's definitely going to move up there. But there's a, there's a couple of the guys I want to talk about when we get down there. But uh, in this six thousand dollars range, we kind of hit most of the guys. Um, I, the guy I, really, I like Travis Fulgham a lot, but not in this game. I think it's sixty four hundred. I think there's just other guys yep. in this range I like more. Um, Alshon Jeffries finally back, but it, it, the thing with Fulgham is he's like priced up. Where he's in the five thousands, I think I'd probably go back to him. You know, a lot of targets the last four weeks really involved has scored four or five weeks, but. Uh, I think it's tough there. What about the Carolina guys? Robbie Anderson is 6,100. Um, they are against Tampa Bay, who's a good defense, but you got to think that they're going to have to throw the ball in the second half. And, you know, we think that uh, Tampa Bay is going to score a little bit this week as opposed to last week. Um, targets last week on Anderson are 8, 8, and 13. He hasn't topped 80 yards last four weeks after those those big weeks early on. 
only one touchdown all year is weird. Like they're just the way they're using him is strange. Like he's the possession guy. Uh, DK Moore. Or D- we talked about more uh, 5,100 this week for, for DJ Moore. Uh, 5,100 is cheap when you consider that, you know, how much uh, they could have thrown second half. Do you play either of the Carolina guys? Why wouldn't you just pay 4,900 for Curtis Samuel? I play more over Samuel this week just because I'm stubborn as hell. <laughs> See, self, self-awareness and admitting your faults is a very important thing in life. And I can, uh, I can fully admit it. I just I think DJ Moore's upside is way more than I keep wanting to call him DK Moore. I don't know. DJ Moore's upside is just so much more. I think than Samuel. I get that Samuel has scored and has the carries and had a lot of targets last week. I think if they're that close in price, I got to take the DJ Moore upside. And everybody hates DJ Moore right now. He's still on pace for like a top ten top ten receiving in the in the NFL. Like it's still a lot there. Just been quiet the last couple of weeks. Um, there's no way I played I paid the same price for Curtis Samuel. <laughs> um. Do you pay the 4900 for Samuel over the, what did we say Anderson was? 6100 Uh Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. So you're not completely off, Sam. Like, I'm not completely off. I just think if you get someone that I think is way more talented in the same game at the same price, uh, I'm going to go DJ more. Okay. That's fine. I mean, they should be throwing, like, the, you know. They should. Game wise, I actually, I, I actually think DJ Moore at 5100 is a pretty good play this week. I think that he's, uh, I think he's at a price where, um, for the talent, he's underpriced. I get it hasn't worked so far this year, and I know that I love DJ Moore, and it's it's a little bit irrational. But um, I think at fifty one hundred, he's at a price where like yeah, it's way too talented for that price. What do you do on the other side of that game? Just stay um, away from Evans and Godwin. I am not touching Evans, Godwin, or uh, Antonio Brown. I just uh, I think they spread it around. I think I think trying to guess on that, especially a third guy in there. Like, if it's just Evans or Godwin, I think, you know, you can guess between the two and you kind of make some points. But I think with a third guy in the mix, I just and, – and Gronk there, too. I was just Gronk's about to a, say that. Gronk is Gronk's there, too. Red Gronk still had six targets last week, even though he had one catch, dropped a touchdown. I just uh, – I don't think I want to try and guess which Buccaneer receiver is going to play well. I agree. Some other guys quick in the 5,000s. I actually think it's going to be uh, – nobody will have this guy, but I think Jarvis Landry's interesting this week. 5,900, no Odell Beckham. His first game without Beckham uh, was uh, was that windy game. 11 targets. Uh, he only had four for 52, but he actually dropped a touchdown, dropped another pass. Um, they're playing Houston, who gives up a lot to kind of everything. Um, you know, Devontae Adams was big against them. Uh, DJ Chark had a big game uh, last week, seven for 146. I think uh, Landry is a, a DraftKings guy because he's the PPR, but I think he's an interesting floor guy, 5,900. I think his floor is much better than most guys in this range. I think that's a good read. Um, and I think nobody will have him because you've got – we talked about the guys right above him. We talked about Robbie Anderson. I think Brandon Cooks at 5,600 you talked about earlier. I don't think anybody's going to – everybody's going to be like, oh, I want Jarvis Landry this week. Like that's really sexy. That's not going to happen at all. So uh, I think Landry is actually a, a pretty good play at 5,900. Watson, Cooks, Landry? Yeah, like if you want to get a stack at a game that people aren't going to be stacking, I think that becomes really interesting pretty quickly. And you, you obviously got to check the weather on, on Sunday morning. And yeah. you know, if it's blowing like it was two weeks ago, then we'll probably just stay away totally. But um, I think Landry is, uh, is is a price where I think he's really interesting without Beckham. Where do you fall with uh, the number one receiver on a seven-point favorite um, who had 10 targets last week and is only 5,200? Uh, if you're talking about my, my boy Deontay, yes, Deontay Johnson, like it's interesting. I wrote when I wrote this up, I was like, I just put Pittsburgh receivers in one group here because they're, they're you know they're kind of all the same. 
it's weird to me that he's so much cheaper than the other guys still. Like, I get Juju's been really good the last three weeks and finally getting more involved, but why is Deontay $600 less than Claypool? Like, it just, for the targets involved, I get that Claypool was targeted last week heavily, yeah. but Deontay Johnson is, you know, has, he's played five full games. Uh, he had, the injury concern is obviously really, seems to get hurt a lot. Every he's played five full games. He has, he has double digit targets in four of those. Like, that's in an offense that, you know, we'd like them to throw the ball a bunch and they, they should be able to beat Cincinnati pretty well. Like we just, you worry second half, maybe they, they, they shut it down and go with Mason Rudolph. But if I'm going to play a Pittsburgh receiver, you know, Juju 61, Claypool's 58, Deontay 52, I'm just going to take the, play the cheapest guy that I think, you know, probably gets the most part targets each game. Yeah. I think I can't decide if, if Johnson continues to be underpriced or if Juju continues to be overpriced, like, it just seems so like Juju, a difference. I mean, Juju be- has, has been good recently. Like, yeah. we, we made fun of him earlier for the price, but um, been good. But like, he's kind of like the possession guy now, which yeah. is which is weird. And Deontay's the big play guy. And if I'm a player wide receiver, I think I call it the big play guy. Yeah, I actually like. I wonder if like if they were like if it was Juju, Claypool, and Jones and Johnson, excuse me, and they were like six thousand fifty nine fifty eight. I think you still play Johnson, right? I do. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I do just I think I think the big plays are the talents there and Claypool I think is a little more inconsistent like he, he he's really really good some weeks and then some weeks he gets one target and you're yeah. just like eh. but it, you know if Claypool was 4800 like yeah that would be a really interesting play but 5800 if I can get Deontay at 5200 I think he's uh he's, he's definitely my favorite player of the Pittsburgh wide receivers I don't know if I'm going to fully go there this week because I I don't love Ben this week but uh 5200 for a guy in a, in a good offense like you said that's a cheaper than the other two guys I I think he's a pretty good player this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there are a lot of guys in this range. Like There are. I think Mike Williams is a really interesting option. Like He's another one who should be, I think, more expensive than he is. Um, and I, I feel like I don't even look at him compared to Allen. Like, I think Allen is underpriced as well. But like I think Mike Williams, 15 targets in the last two games, over 80 yards in both. Like, And when they take shots and they go to the end zone, it's Mike Williams. Like, right. It's just, I mean, Allen gets everything everywhere, but... If you're, t- you're going a deep ball or you got, you know, 20 yard shots of the or fade to the end zone or whatever it may be, it's Mike Williams. And that's uh, in a guy in a game where you love the quarterback like that. That really works. Yep. Yep. Um, you've got Sterling Shepard here in a game. The Giants should be throwing 5000. He's got 18 yep. targets in the last two games. Um, I got a guy. I got the same price as Shepard. What do you do with Devontae Parker? Uh, 5000. Preston Williams is now out. So Parker is the number one. Um, seven targets last week, and is you know the, the second game with Tua, so maybe get a little more acclimated to each other. Uh, he only had six catches the prior three weeks, but he was six for sixty-four last week. The talent is obviously there. He plays a ton of snaps, maybe gelling a little bit with Tua. Um, Clipper, the, the Clippers, the Chargers are about league average in points allowed to wide receiver ones. Um, I think if you want a guy who's a wide receiver one, should get a lot of targets in the game. They're going to have to score a little bit. I think Parker at five thousand is, is pretty playable. Yeah, I'll like begrudgingly agree. Like I, okay. that's fair. And I, I think you say, it seems like you like Shepard and Williams at the exact same price more. And Johnson's only two hundred more. Yeah, like yeah. two is the reason I don't love. Um, that's fair. Parker. Um, like I think, I think Parker's like fine. Like I think he he could definitely have a good game, but like I might even play Curtis Samuel over him. Um, You'd love Curtis. No Samuel. offense to your boy DJ Moore. Um, Two other guys in the mid-fives here. Jerry Judy off the big week last week. T. Higgins at 5,500 a game where Cincinnati's going to have to score. He has 22 targets the last three weeks. Should have to throw a ton. 60-plus yards the last five games. Uh, I think both those guys are pretty playable, too. I think that uh, it's hard. To, like, There's a lot of guys. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys in this range who are 
kind of like really good plays that I, I really like. And it's going to be hard, hard to figure out, you know, how to parse through them and which ones I want to actually play. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned Brandon Cooks earlier, but he's in this group as well. Right there too, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, like we said, there's a lot there. And even going slightly below, like Manny Sanders um, in that game against yep. your Niners who can't stop anybody. And, um, and there's their slot corners out, so like that that opens it wide up for Sanders. I mean, particularly if um, if Thomas doesn't play, although I'm guessing he does. But um, yeah, I think that's a tough group because like I think I think Cooks like if that game was in Houston, I think that Cooks is like above all of them. Right. Um, any sort of weather concerns, it's like if you play Cooks, or like if you want to play Cooks. You got a ton of guys that you can just easily pivot to. Um, For, Forty-one targets the last four weeks. Like they have, <laughs> they have changed their. They've changed a bunch. They are targeting him and nine plus every week. It's not like he has a twenty-one in there, like the Cooper Cup stat we had earlier. But he has a touchdown in three of his last four games. He has sixty yards in all four of those games. So he's doing something with it. He only moved up a hundred dollars. It just it seems like for someone that that talent getting that number of targets, it, it's crazy. His salary is not like sixty-two, sixty-three hundred. Yeah. Yep. It it just looks underpriced. And then. This range is gonna be tough. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And then just GPP wise, like I think you can play Jalen Rager against the Giants for how bad they've been. I, you know, yep. that's more of a he only needs a few catches to do it. The same applies to Henry Ruggs. Um, like those guys are just like big plays waiting to happen. Um, I like uh, I like Rager more than Ruggs. Okay, that's fair. Um, and your boy Richie James, of course. Richie James, four thousand. Ayuk uh, is back, but a good game script. They're gonna be trailing the Saints. I think they're gonna throw it a little bit and. Um, you know, if someone doesn't go nine, one at a four, and they just don't throw the ball to him the week after. Like he's gonna see, but I mean, and Debo Samuel's probably not gonna play. I don't yep. think he's like a long shot. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is somehow back on the COVID list, so I don't think he's gonna play either. So he got a lot of that too. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely interesting down there. What about under four thousand? Um, we've we talked about Josh Reynolds. Anybody else under four thousand that you like? Um, every week I try to convince myself that Danny Amendola like might be an option and. Right. I'm like, oh, he's cheap, and uh, if Galladay doesn't play, actually, we didn't even trying to see here is questionable at least. Has he practiced yet? Not yet. All right, so yeah, I don't think he's gonna play. Yeah, so I mean, Amendola is like as boring as they come. Um, Very. And you're pretty much playing him for his like five, hopefully five catches for 50 yards, which like you know, 10 points on DraftKings for 3,900 is fine, but it's not winning you a whole lot, but. I don't know. I'm mostly outside of this range just because everyone I look to, I'm like, wait, why am I not just playing Josh Reynolds? And so. So the two guys I want to mention here, we got uh, my boy KJ Hamler, 3,800 again, 10 targets last week. Yeah. He's uh, he's a talented guy. He ran like a four, mid four, three forty. Uh, he didn't run at the combine because he was hurt, but he ran a, he had like a mid four, three forty. but playing a ton in the slot. He played 50 snaps last week in a team that's throwing, uh, throwing a lot. I get it. I mean, they they threw a lot last week because they were losing. Um, I just don't but, necessarily trust the Raiders to like get up that big on Denver. But yeah, that's that's fair. I think just think that he's a talented guy under four thousand that can make some plays. But the other guy under here I want to talk about is is dead min price three thousand. Is uh, Jakeem Grant with uh, with Miami? Preston Williams is out. Uh, Jakeem Grant after Williams left played twenty nine snaps, had five targets last week. He's another guy that. He's really fast, talented. Um, there's a Dolphins beat writer that mentioned that he's definitely the guy who's going to get a bigger role. Um, I think with a lot of people playing Reynolds, I think Jakeem Grant is someone that can see a, a lot of targets, uh, maybe six, seven targets, something like that at, at min price that I think uh, 
would be more uh, would be more popular and hi- more higher owned if, if Reynolds is not on the slate. So I think that uh, I think that Grant's really interesting at three thousand. I I think that's a great call. He if he's not like the fastest guy in the NFL, he's like one yeah. of the fastest. I think he was a sprinter in college. Um, I see here at the combine, or maybe this was his pro day. He ran a four three four forty, which is slightly faster than me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's like exciting. Like anytime he has he the ball, you're just like, oh, this could go. And so, um, and there's, I mean, there's a. I, I know that two is a little bit concerned, but there's, I mean, I think the Chargers are going to score in this game. There's a chance that Miami's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they maybe maybe they want to and. Um, you know, they don't have Miles Gaskin, so maybe they've got to rely on the passing game a little more. I think Granite 3000 is very live. Yeah, that's fun. I, I think they could even give him a few carries, not like more like jet sweeps than uh, right. actually running out of the backfield. But like he's one of those players that you want the ball in his hands because he's so fast that you're just like anything can happen when he touches it. Agreed. Uh, and you, you get that at mid price now starting yeah. like I like that a lot. I don't it's it's hard to do it over Reynolds just because Reynolds is in a game that, yeah. you know, the, the best matchup of all time and a high scoring game. Um, you laugh, but like it's, Seattle's historically bad right now. Um, I don't know. I think I think Grant's really fun at 3000 also. Yeah, I agree. Uh, jumping into tight end real quick, we've got uh, we have no George Kittle, we have no Travis Kelsey on the slate this week, so there's only uh, two guys over five thousand, no one over six thousand. Darren Waller's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings, T.J. Hawkinson's fifty one hundred. Uh, Waller's the only guy over six thousand on FanDuel. Uh, what are you doing at tight end this week? Uh, I, I found it really difficult to find guys this week that I really really liked. You just a couple guys I like. Um, I do have three guys bolded here, but I want to know what uh, what you're thinking of tight end because I uh, I'm not really finding a lot to like here. You. Play the guy who has 20 targets in the last two games. Evan Ingram? Yeah. <laughs> he's I one think... of my bullet guys. So, yeah, and he, had, he had a nice touchdown catch last week. And you say 20 targets the last two weeks, but he's got 29 targets the last three weeks, too. Oh, there we go. A, it's, it's pretty clear that they are trying to get him more heavily involved. We kind of laughed about him last week, but, um, you know, played him last week, 5 for 48 on 10 targets and touchdown. It worked. Yeah, they should be thrown in this game. Um, you don't, like... The, so we talked about Shepard like briefly, but like yep. Slayton wasn't really a consideration. Um, and the like Golden Tate was a healthy scratch last week. Um, I think they are now, what did they say? Minor knee injury. I uh, think they're kind of, I think they're kind of over Golden Tate. I think so too. Um, like as, a, as a human kind of over Golden Tate. I yeah. think at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ingram for the price, um, you're just looking at like, I think Waller is always going to be the best play on this slate. Like, I think if you're looking, like, for most fantasy points that you're likely to get, it's Waller. Um, But at 5,900, it just seems like kind of, I don't want to say it's a waste. I mean, we keep talking about all, like, the ridiculous values on this slate. I just don't think it's ever a point where you're like, oh, I'm going to save all of this money so I can pay up a tight end if it's somebody other than Kelsey and Kittle. Yeah. well, and even then, fully, I don't even know if it's worth there. it. And, and Waller gets a lot of targets. He's just not a huge ceiling guy. Like right. he, has, he has 50 yards total the last couple weeks, but he scores. He scored three of the last four weeks. I like Ingram. The other the guy in here that I like is actually in that same game. I like Dallas Goddard this week at 4,200. Uh, did not see a ton of action his first game back. He only had one target. Did play 53 snaps, though. But uh, the Giants have a lot of trouble with tight ends. Uh, Richard Rodgers had 85 yards in the same matchup against them in week seven when, when both Ertz and um, Goddard were out. Uh, Goddard before the injury had 17 targets the first two games. There's no Zach Ertz. I think that uh, this is a game where maybe Goddard after last week of the one target last game, I should say they were on a bye last week, but last game had one target, finally maybe getting fully healthy with the bye. 
I think Goddard's a guy that can slide through it at 4,800. He's probably, it's him and Ingram are probably my two favorites, uh, at least in this mid-range. Yeah, that price on Goddard is is weird, almost. Like, he was more expensive than Ertz before he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, I remember that. Right, that's right. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, he definitely sticks out as being underpriced. Like, wasn't he, let's see if I can click in here quickly. Yeah, he was like five thousand at one point. Um, yeah, that week he was. Two game I, mean, he, I think there was a week. I think you're right. I think there was a week he was more than Ertz when Ertz was healthy. I just think that the one target and then the buy. I think he's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now. And at forty two hundred, I think he has a as an actual real upside at tight end, which you're not going to get with many guys in this range. Like he's the same price essentially as Hunter Henry, who literally has zero upside, even with a quarterback that throws the ball a ton and he gets a lot of targets. But he has last four weeks, he has twenty three, twenty three, thirty three, and thirty three yards. Like it's just. It's gotten to the point where finally even I'm off Hunter Henry, so I'm going to score this week. But um, I think Goddard's my favorite play, favorite play overall at tight end this week, maybe even a little bit more over Ingram. Wow, okay. Um, where do you stand with um, with Noah Fant now that uh, Albert O's out? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I loved, I loved Fant last week, and he had that 30-yard play, and like, oh, here we go. And then here we go. Play, and you're like, oh, my gosh. He did yeah. come back in. Uh, 4900 is just a, a little bit more more expensive. Um, but you, you joke about Albert O, but like that's a red zone threat that they do take away. Like they were using him in that area. Um, only three targets last week. He had 16 the prior two week. I, I think he's a guy that can definitely blow up. He's super talented and athletic, but I don't know how the ankle is after the after the tweak last week. He did practice fully on Thursday. Um, I like him this week. I just think I like Ingram and Goddard a little bit more, and they're a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I think you can go like a lot of pass like. Um... The Bengals have given up six tight end touchdowns in the last four games. Um, and Ebron, Eric Ebron's only 4,400. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's obviously, let's aggressively call him the fourth option in terms of the passing game. Um, right. But I think, like, you could play him. I think, like, a lot of these guys are, I feel like they were much more expensive the past few weeks. Like, um, it feels like the whole group of, like, Ebron... Uh, Goddard, Gusecki, Henry, like were like forty eight hundred, and now they're forty four and chain and and below. Um, like I think there are just plenty you can play. Uh, Austin Hooper doesn't look that bad if the weather plays out. Like he's got sixteen targets, twenty three yeah. in the last three games, six in the last two. Um, yeah, and as long as he's healthy, like prior to the appendectomy, we were playing him, and he was like really nicely priced yeah. and finally getting targets. And Clay, Clay, they made a clear change in an offense to figure out how to use him a little bit. I think he's really good price. I just worry. A little bit coming off the appendectomy if he's fully healthy, and then the, the weather, like you mentioned. But thirty nine hundred, um, I'd probably just go up three hundred bucks to Goddard. But uh, I think that if you need to like save a couple hundred bucks, I think that Hooper's the guy under four thousand that I play. He he stands out significantly more as only a hundred dollars more than Ross Dwelly, who, in fairness, I've played before with much success, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you and and the problem with Dwelly is like Jordan Reed still is there. I think that he's like he only had 13 snaps last week, but you got to figure he's probably did he have 12 catches because that's what he did against the Jets. (laughs) They need the weapons badly. They're going to be trailing in this game. He's 3,500. I just uh, I like I I don't trust him to get through four quarters more than anything. I don't trust him to play enough snaps. But like I think in the red zone he will be used. I'm going to have to use him because he he might be their second best receiver to be honest. (laughs) It's there. how how did we get here from January in the Super Bowl with like more talented good players than any team to talking about Jordan Reed and like some of the starters there on defense? It's just, oh what a just disastrous year for the Niners. You would have like predicted like a a horrific COVID outbreak too. Like 
Yeah, and and yet, I, and, I mean they've had that too, but but that, that wasn't the problem. But yeah, I didn't think we got. I didn't think we get Nick Mullins to Richie James as the combo uh, <laughs> eight six months ago. We were up up ten the Super Bowl with nine minutes left. Right, right. Oh, the memories. Um, defense, real quick. There's a couple defenses down here. I do like under four thousand on uh, on DraftKings, but uh, you know Pittsburgh is forty four hundred, and they're you know probably the probably the, if you look at projections, they're probably the top defense. They've been bad the last couple of weeks, but still six turnovers. And six sacks. They're playing against Cincy. But uh, who do you like uh, cheaper on defenses? Um, New Orleans, I don't think, is bad. 3,000 against, sorry, your 49ers. I would go stronger than I don't think is bad. <laughs> I think they're a fantastic play at 3,000. Yeah, the uh, it just it's another thing that it just seems like the bottom tier appears much faster than it has been. Um yeah, three thousand seems like a pretty solid. Like I feel like three thousand is usually where I'm like, let me pick a cheap one, and three thousand is what the one, two, three, four, five, sixth uh, most expensive on this slate on DraftKings. Nick Nick Mullins with any sort of pressure is kind of like my dog when the front door opens. Like you just have no clue what's going to happen. It's pure panic <laughs> mode. Like he when there's nobody there, you're like, this guy looks like an NFL quarterback, and then like one guy rushes him, and he literally just like, oh my god, get rid of the ball. Like it's insane. He had to play against the Eagles that they lost that game because the pick six, like. He's so bad with any kind of pressure. And the Saints had eight sacks last two weeks. They smoked Tom Brady last week, picked him three times, pressured him a bunch. They're a home favorite. Mullins going to be throwing the ball last second. I think Mullins will probably throw up some stats, but I think Mullins is going to make a couple of mistakes. I, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't get some turnovers. I think a pick six is very in play. I just, I, I, he seems like a really good guy. He's probably a pretty good backup quarterback, but he is an absolute disaster when anything <laughs> is around him in the, in the pocket. He just, he full on goes into panic mode, and that's exactly what you want from a fantasy defense. I'm sold. Three thousand, almost every lineup. It's gonna be New Orleans for me. Ooh, that's gotta hurt, Scott. It hurts badly. It's it's it hurts badly. Like it sucks because last year the New Orleans Niners game was probably the best game of the NFL regular season. Like it was back and forth, and Kill had that long play right at the end. Yeah. And he was like 38, 35, or whatever it turned out to be. I think that was the score, but. It was like probably the best game, and now it's just like where we are now. It's it's bad, but I I love their defense. If I if I want to switch it up a little bit, I really like Philly this week too. They're a little bit more expensive at thirty six hundred. Um, they have ten sacks last three games. The Giants have allowed eleven sacks last three games. Anytime you get the combo of really good rushing the quarterback, guys who can't cover the quarterback, you love that. Um, you know Daniel Jones loves to turn it over. Uh, if I don't go with the Saints in lineups, I'm probably paying up a little bit to Philly instead. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> what do you think about? A defense with ten sacks in the last two games, multiple turnovers in, oh my gosh, every game but two, and they're twenty three hundred. I had Detroit listed at twenty four hundred, uh, but I don't actually know who you're, ta- who you're talking about there. Seattle, the oh, worst God. defense in the NFL. Yeah, but we've got Jared Goff. They had seven sacks last week against Josh Allen. Um, like I said, multiple turnovers in every game except. Last week and week two against New England. Um, for a punt. Goff, uh, Goff goes a little panic mode with pressure, yeah. too. So I, I don't think that that's crazy. Um, yeah, as long as points allowed is not a uh, an important stat or yards allowed. But, yeah, turnovers and sacks uh, could work. I would uh, I'd probably play Detroit instead of 2,400 against Washington. Washington's turned over five times last week. Um, Alex Smith is sadly not very good. I like Alex Smith, and his comeback story has been great. Um, but – forces the ball uh, a lot and had some really bad turnovers last week. Like the last couple interceptions against the Giants were really bad. Um, I pro- I don't love Detroit either, but I'd probably go Detroit uh, at the same price over 
uh, Seattle, but I'd probably find the six hundred bucks and just play the Saints. No, they're they're three hundred. The Seahawks are three hundred less than the Lions. Oh, they're twenty one hundred. Uh, Lions are twenty six. Oh, I had the, I had the Lions at twenty four. So yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, Lions uh, twenty six. Yeah, I, I, in that in that range, like you, you know, kind of play. You kind of hope yeah, you can play anyway. Yeah. Who who cares at that point? Um, I think I'd find the seven hundred bucks and go with the Saints though, because I just think that's. Uh, I think they're really cheap at 3000 and I think that uh, they're primed for a really good defensive game. I mean, on this slate, uh, with the guys that we have talked about, Davis, Reynolds, um, I think you're going to be able to find that salary. Like, yeah, I, I think, think so it's going to be all that difficult. Jakeem Grant, 3000 Grant, yeah. yeah. So, cool. Anybody else that you want to mention? Anything else uh, on your mind? No, I think we hit everyone. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. Again, again if you could please rate or review the podcast, uh, leave some uh, leave some stars for us. That'd be really appreciated too. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted is J-E-N-S-T-A-D. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week 10. Good luck with all your lineups. We're back at you next week, next Friday with uh, week 11. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.